All righty. Well, you know what time it is. It's the Second String Podcast. Hope everybody's having a nice little Wednesday afternoon, maybe morning, maybe evening. It is hump day. You're almost there. We're getting there. It's the weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, Chiefs Bucks, Buffalo Dip, Pizza, Wings, Heartburn, Beer, more beer, maybe a little liquor, probably some vino if you're feeling a little frisky. It's going to be a good weekend. You're almost there. You're halfway there. hope everyone's battling through, getting along with that coworker maybe they're not so fond of, sending those spreadsheets, making macros and pivot tables like their fucking lives depended on it. Hope everyone's doing well. I really do. Hopefully you're eating well. Hopefully you're working out. Hopefully you're laughing a little bit this week. Hopefully it was a beautiful day. I'm doing this Tuesday night. It was a beautiful day today. Hopefully you got a little bit of sunshine. Because listen, everything I'm about to talk about is the exact fucking opposite of what sunshine brings. Sunshine brings you smiles, makes you happy. You feel good, feel warm and radiant. You feel uplifting to others. We're going to talk about Michigan State basketball today. You know how that makes me feel? That makes me feel like I've been eating nothing but fucking McDonald's for the last 23 years. 23 years I've never exercised. Like storm clouds are constantly, they follow me around. It feels like, it. you know what it feels like when a car drives by you and there's a huge puddle in the road and they blast the puddle and it goes up and it hits you. That's how I just feel. Anytime college basketball is mentioned or brought up, where I watch Michigan State, that's just like that's just how I feel. There's no oh man, and I I try to be the oh. There's always a good thing. There's no silver lining. There's no positive outlook. You can't even say oh at least these young guys look okay. No, I mean everything we're gonna talk about today, sports wise, it's just sad, depressing, miserable. I'm never gonna enjoy anything again. One of those type days. To put this in context. Real quick, for anybody who maybe you you haven't really followed along the MSU season this year, or you just started following along recently, or you're new to the podcast and you don't know really what I like to talk about, um, Detroit sports, pretty much, pretty much here, here's the, this is the easiest way I can set the table. So we just watched MSU lose to Iowa. Iowa's good. No doubt. They got Luca Garza, a really good player, even though I can't fucking stand looking at the guy. Good team, we suck, good game. So you'd think, oh, positive, good, good job, MSU. Good job, everybody. To put it in context, I just finished watching the Night Stalker documentary. Watching the Night Stalker documentary is the most fun I've had watching anything, including sport, outside of movies. The most fun I've had watching anything since Cassius Winston played basketball at MSU. Actually, no, since Michigan State beat Michigan in football. As far as the MSU hoop season goes, give me the Night Stalker all day. And that the Night Stalker's fucked up. This guy like murdered people in cold blood. He would rape people and murder them and kids and abduct them. More fun than watching state basketball. Like I'm not even making a joke. It's just that's how bad things are. I, for the first time in my life, I literally like it's I'm so fucking over this team and this is going to be so hypocritical what I'm about to say. I'm so over this team that I'm at the point where like I can't even get mad. I don't even get upset, which is hypocritical because I'm totally going to get upset the the more I talk about this and the further we go along. But it's like I'm just not even attached anymore. We're what? 14 games. That was our 14th or 15th game. I think we're 8 and 7 now and I'm just already like, oh, well, I don't care anymore. I just don't care. 
Like this team fucking sucks. Nobody, there's nobody. Aaron Henry had a good game tonight. I'll give him that. He's been up and down. When he plays well, he's great. A lot of times he doesn't play well. And my problem with him too is, look, I can live with the days when you're just not hitting shots. I can live with the days when you're taking open jump shots, you're shooting when you're supposed to, and it's just not falling. Fine, that shit happens. I can't take the days where you just constantly give the ball to the other team and it leads to them scoring easy points, which the majority of times it's like Aaron Henry had a bad game. It's because he turns it over 70 times and gives them all their fucking points. Like you'd think he he went to under or he's going to grad school at Iowa sometimes. He played well this game. But for instance, like he just has moments where you're like, dude, they're not on your fucking team, man. What are you doing, brother? Um, he did play well tonight. But outside of maybe him, like maybe, like when he's on, fine. Other than that, there's just no sense of like pride with this team. It's like they it's like everybody's identity, everybody that's still on this team, everyone's identity and who they are as a basketball player was like fucking tied to Cassius Winston and Tillman even. He leaves, they leave. All of a sudden, these guys are like scared little puppies. Like they don't want, oh my God, where's the, we don't have big bad Cassius to bail us out anymore. Like you guys are Michigan State. Fucking have some respect for yourselves. Have some respect for the program. Have some respect for guys like Cassius Winston. Cassius Winston didn't bust his ass for four years and become one of the greatest to leave it to the moment he leaves. It's a dumpster fire. What are we doing, guys? Like, I get Cassius is an all-time great. I know Tillman's an NBA player. You guys still play basketball in Michigan State. Like, have some, have some fucking respect for yourselves, if nothing else. It's so hard to watch them play. It's so hard to watch them play. Like I said, because if they miss shots, sure, it's still is fucking annoying, but fine. But it's like nobody cares almost. Like the body language, the energy level, the assertiveness, the aggressiveness. Like never once do I watch these games where I'm like, fuck yeah. Like Henry just shoved it in that guy's face. Or Hauser just let him know. Or this guy just let him know. No, that doesn't happen. It's like we're, it's like these guys are like, it's like going to the fuck or nine to five is going to the game. It's like, they're like, Oh, all right. I guess. Well, we got to play a game tonight. Hopefully we can keep it kind of close. Let's just get in, get out. And then we get to go home. Like it doesn't look like anybody cares to be there. It doesn't look like anybody cares to be there. Forget winning and losing from just playing basketball perspective. Like nobody's having a good time. It seems. And probably Due to the fact that they've lost four in a row, and this is maybe Tom Izzo's worst team of all time, so the worst team at the school in almost a quarter of a century, that probably adds a little bit to why nobody's having fun because their asses are puckered the entire time. But still, you're playing a fucking game. That's why you started playing basketball. Look like you enjoy it a little bit. I know things don't go well a lot for us, but when they do, when people are hitting some threes, when we're tied with the number eight team in the country, can I get an ounce of emotion out of somebody? Can I get like one fist pump? Can I get one like the bench? Can I get one bench celebration? Can I get one, I don't know, anything, one scream, one flex? I don't know. Can I get anything? Like we look like a fucking morgue of a team and we're we're in the second half battling with the number eight team in the country and you'd think it's Sunday, 7 a.m. on a Sunday 
coming off Josh Langford's birthday party and we're at shoot around. It's fucking embarrassing. Nobody looks like they want to be there. And besides all that, besides having fun, you should be having fun because you're playing a game. How about we look like anybody, anybody's thought of or is interested in the idea of stopping to lose? Like, can, does there anyone in that huddle or in the locker room who's like, fuck this, I'm tired of losing, we're not doing it again? Like, does anybody have that mentality on this team? Because it feels like, again, feels like a team where it's just like, all right, that sucks, we lost, but maybe we won't lose the next time. That's kind of what the mentality feels like. I'm sure that's not Izzo's mentality because he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer if it was. Um, sadly, Tom Izzo can't play, but is that the mentality? Like Aaron Henry, I'd be interested in that. I would consider Henry a leader. Langford, after that, I don't know. Who is it really? I mean, we don't. We certainly don't have anyone who leads on the court. Henry's the only guy who occasionally will have those games where it's like maybe not vocally or emotionally, but he'll have games where his play says, I don't care how bad you fucking guys are, like I'm not going to lose today which I can respect that from Henry, but in the locker room at halftime, does he get in people's faces? Does he get in Joey Hauser's face and say, how about you fucking box your guy out one time? Does he get in Tom Kithier's face and say, lift some weights, eat some goddamn chicken breast. You're tiny. You get bullied by everyone. They make you look like a high schooler. Does he, does he get in Bingham's face and say, how many times does Izzo need to tell you to put on weight? How many times does Izzo need to tell you to not foul? How many times do you need to miss a wide-open jump shot before you make one? Does he get in Rocket Watts's face and say, I don't know if playing with LaMelo or 300,000 Instagram followers or hitting a few step-backs last year got to you, but figure it the fuck out because people are counting on you? I don't know. Does he do any of that? Because it feels like all these guys are just laying eggs unchecked. And now that we don't have a Cassius Winston, we don't have a Xavier Tillman, we don't have a guy that sure, maybe Cassius Winston wasn't like an in-your-face guy, but Cassius Winston was a bring-you-along-for-the-ride guy. Cassius Winston was a, hey, if you want to play, you want to play with me, you're going to do things right, you're going to figure your shit out, and we're going to play to win. Because I'm not here to just like pass the time. It looks like we got a bunch of guys wearing green and white this year that are there to just pass the time. They're there, they're there to fill fill out their extracurricular and their degree. That's what it looks like, to be honest. A lot of the time, it looks like we got a bunch of guys who are like, "Oh, this is just gym class for us." Cassius Winston, that wasn't gym class. Cassius Winston was there to take fucking souls and make people cry. And if you wanted to be a part of it, you were gonna figure your stuff out and contribute, or you were gonna get the hell out. And maybe he didn't come out and say it and get in your face, but he stepped on the floor and he his play said, you're you're coming with me if you're on the floor. I don't care. And obviously, we don't have a Cassius Winston. We don't have a guy that is good enough, even though here and there Henry will do his best, you know, best impression of Cassius. We don't have a guy that says, despite you guys all being bums, I'm so good and I want it so bad that I'm going to just will us to victory anyway. We don't have that guy. We don't have that guy. Last year, we had Cassius and we had Tillman as well. I, obviously, I think Cassius was probably the main guy. Cassius had more ability to just take a game over. But Tillman was a guy defensively. You play a Garza. And guess what? Tom Izzo doesn't need to scheme up a million things. Tom Izzo doesn't need to beg Thomas Kithier to play defense every once in a while. 
Tom Izzo says, all right, Xavier, you're going to guard Garza tonight. And Xavier Tillman says, this is fucking personal. That guy's got the most punchable face in the universe. I can't stand him. The way he runs doesn't make sense. How is he athletic? I don't. I still don't really understand how he scores 25 a game. He just catches it on the low block, and the ref blows his whistle before he even moves. And Tillman said, fuck that. I'm not cool with that. That's not playing here. This is Michigan State. I'm Xavier Tillman. We're better than this. I'm better than this guy. Boom. We don't have a guy like that anymore. You think Thomas Kithy is saying that? You think before the game, Joey Hauser's looking in the mirror saying, oh, Luca Garza. Joey Hauser's looking in the mirrors before the game saying, I hope I hit a couple threes. <sighs> rebounding? And Izzo says, hey, Joey, you know your rebounding assignment tonight? Joey's like, rebounding? I don't do that. That's like the, that's the center's job. I don't rebound. Like, that's what – it's just – it's so fucking dysfunctional. It's so lackadaisical. It's, like, embarrassing, honestly. Like, just no – there's just nothing. There's nothing that fires me up about this team at all. Nothing that fires me up about that team. At the beginning of the year, the defense was suffocating. Everybody looked like they were always active. Everyone was looking for tip balls, passes, steals. Everyone was disrupting. Now, same thing. It's like, eh, well – Whatever. Everyone's just laissez-faire. Everyone's like, eh, okay, I scored. Well, maybe we'll score. And then it's like they never scored. Eh, whatever. That's how it feels. Just a bunch of guys who are like, whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, it pisses me off. It makes me sick to my stomach. It's It has quickly, quickly, quickly detached me from caring about this team. It has quickly detached me. Like tonight, I watched. I did. Um, I didn't really care though like even when we were up in the first half like any other state game even even some of the lower end state teams or we had moments i've gone through this before on this podcast where states had some good teams that early in the season last year both Cassius's years really where there's like a three four game patch where we start to kind of look shaky maybe we slide in the rankings this or that all those games, all those years, I'm never like even close to being like, oh, what the fuck? It's like, all right, come on, come on, come on, come on. Sure, you get a little negative. Sure, you start to look at people and say, maybe this guy shouldn't be playing as much. That guy should be playing more, this and that. You try to start to point out some problems and fix them. But you're never like, I don't fucking care. The first half, we were up 11 in the first half. We went down, what, like five in the second half. We were It was within single digits for a lot of the game. Like, this is one of those games regularly in any other year, most years, and it should be even probably this year. It should have been a game. When we were in that first half, when we're in that second half battling, we should, as state fans, probably be, like, on the edge of our seat, living and dying with every jump shot, saying, play defense, like this and that, super into the game. We're unranked on the road, number eight team. We're giving them the fight of their lives. Like, we should have been fucking locked in. And I didn't care, really. I was like, whatever. Like, A, it's because, A, I know in my heart of hearts that this team doesn't have what it takes. I knew they didn't have what it takes. After the Purdue game, it was it was, it was was iced over. They don't have what it takes. I knew they didn't have what it takes to beat that Iowa game. And guess what? If they did, I still wouldn't buy a fucking thing about this team. Because guess what? The only reason we were even in that game is because we shot like 50% from three, which is never going to happen again this season. It is a miracle. It is a miracle that that's happened tonight. And you know what's ironic about it too? 
we always say as state fans, because usually we're the big bad boys on the block. Usually everyone wants, they give us their best shot. Usually we're their Super Bowl. Makes sense. We're easily the most elite program in the Big Ten. I guess maybe Indiana, if you count, like if you were alive in the 80s, in my lifetime at state. Um, so it makes sense why we get everyone's best shot. And we always say, oh, man, everyone just made all these shitty three-pointing shooting teams just go nuts against State. It's the most annoying thing. So ironic. We were that team today. We were that ass team at the bottom of the standings that shoots 20% from three that magically came out and shot 50% from three today. And it still still felt like a game where we never had a chance. Think about that. We came out and shot 50% from three. Well, we're, we were like 12 for 25 or something crazy. And it still felt like, eh, this game was never, this game was never going to happen. It's tough, man. Um, I tweeted this too after who did we lose to on Sunday? Ohio state. Of course they fucking killed us. Wasn't again. That was like, that was a game I watched like five minutes of just didn't even bother. Didn't even waste my weekend on it. Um, the thing is that like this, the season's over. The, 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 you, I don't. I, I really don't because we've been here. We have been here where we've gone through the skids and it's like everyone starts to doubt Izzo and everyone mails it in on the teams and then, oh, here they come. We rip off 12 straight going into the Big Ten tournament. We've absolutely been there. That's like Izzo's fucking thing. I just don't see how he does it with this team. There's nobody. We don't have anybody. Aaron Henry's our closest thing to a guy and 50% of the time he's – he's gifting the other team 20 points a night off turnovers. Like you just can't win with that. Joey Hauser was supposed to be this score, this electric guy. He can, he can hit some shots, I guess. Um, he's soft inside. He doesn't rebound. He's terrible defensively. He's not athletic. Like he seems like he's another classic guy who's injured every other play, which I can't stand in any sport. Justin Fields, I'm looking at you. One of the reasons I hope the Lions don't take him, just an absolute coward who's always injured, can't stand it. Um, Kithier can't guard anyone, barely can make layups, kind of surprised he's on a Division One team, let alone Michigan State. Foster, if you leave him and let him shoot wide open threes, he's the best player in the world. If if you if you guard him, if someone's within 10 feet of him, then he's useless. Um, Rocket, don't know what happened. Like I said earlier, don't know if 300,000 Instagram followers like – got to him and he thought he was league bound or what he's gotten so much worse from last year to this year. It really doesn't make sense. I don't even want to begin to like hypothesize why or how it happened. I feel like an absolute asshole. I came into this season saying, watch out rocket Watts. He's a dark horse for big 10 player of the year. He's going to fill it up. This guy's he had moments last year as a freshman where you looked at him and you said, he's unguardable. Just wait till he gets a full offseason. Blah, 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 blah. What a fucking idiotic thing to say by me. I was I was running around saying that. Rocket Watts, Rocket Watts. He's going to average 18 points. Look out. This guy looks like he's never played organized basketball before. All he can do is shoot contested threes and miss them or take weird floaters. That's That's about it. Um, I remember when he would go by people last year and get into the lane and make plays or finish at the rim. Um, I remember when he would make threes last year. I remember when he would hit step back threes last year, he would just fucking dice people up off the dribble. He doesn't seem interested in trying to create his own shot ever anymore. I don't know what happened to him. Honestly, I really don't. It's, 
it is quite incredible to watch just because coming out of high school the last year, I was like, this guy's just going to be a stud here. First half of his freshman year, you know, up and down. And then the second half, I thought he played great. He had a couple signature games, that Illinois game, where it's like, all right, yeah, this dude is going to be a player. And he's just like uh, – he's just like not good. I really don't know how else to say it. Like he's just not good. It's it's fucking scary. It doesn't really make any sense. Um, Let's see. Let's go down the list even more. Bingham. I don't remember the last time I've seen him make a jump shot, even though he loves shooting them. Um, I saw him play in high school. I saw him hit. A, I saw him hit threes. I saw him make jump shots. He throws on a college jersey. He can't make a thing, and he follows everybody. I will say, Bingham, bright side. He's the only big that seems to bring any sort of playmaking from the defensive side, especially when you factor in two of the other guys are goddamn Hauser and Kithier, who are like fucking mop buckets out there. I do like how Bingham has length and he'll block a few shots and shit like that. I guess that's good, but offensively, he's a liability. Marvel, I don't mind, but Izzo doesn't play him. You, I don't know. You can explain that one to me, I guess. Um, Gabe Brown has COVID, and even when he doesn't, he just shoots threes. Langford just shoots threes, misses most of them, and when he's not shooting threes, he's settling for long twos and missing those as well. Uh, disappointing. Um, Hogard's been all right. Started playing him, stopped playing him. I don't know what his deal is. He can't really shoot, it would seem, but he seems like he's got a little bit of like a, a foundation going forward for the program. Um, who am I forgetting? There's there's some more bums I'm forgetting. Um, Malik, eh, I don't know. Doesn't really do much, like positively or negatively, I guess. He tries really hard, which I like. He scraps. He's just kind of undersized, which hurts him, but he doesn't score. Um does a play make uh, pretty much. That's pretty much the story of this entire team is offensively. They don't know like Aaron Henry exempt offensively. You could look at every single player and say, well, they don't really score. Um, they don't really play make. Um, they don't really offensively rebound. Uh, they don't hit shots like, you could look at every single person we have except Aaron Henry and say, well, they don't score and they don't get other people open. So what exactly are they doing here? What exactly is it that you do here if you don't score or play make? Tell me you're just taking up space, wasting everyone's time. That's pretty much like everyone on the team. And then defensively, uh, it's better. Our gu- I'll, I'll give our guards this. As far as Henry, Rocket, um, Gabe, Hogard, I will say this. Our, our guards, Langford, our guards are better. Um, I think they're high effort. They still get lost, which I'll never understand, where it's like they just don't guard their guy for a possession, and I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? But as far as our bigs go, you can say the same thing, outside of maybe Bingham. They don't block shots. Um they get scored on all the time. They don't really rebound unless the guy's smaller than them. So what are they doing on defense? Like Kithier, Hauser, Hall, boom, boom, boom. They don't block shots. They don't stop anyone on defense. Like they're just kind of there. They don't do anything. They don't rebound. Like it's just we have the problem this year to be good in any sport, not just college basketball. To be very good, you got to have a lot of plus players, a lot of players at every position that bring something to the table. 
Aaron Henry brings athleticism, playmaking, and sometimes scoring to the table. Um, defensively, he brings the athleticism and like just disruption. Bingham can block a few shots, and Foster Lawyer can hit wide open threes. But after that, we don't have nobody brings anything to the table. Cassius Winston brought it all. Xavier Tillman brought defense from every fucking level and the pick and roll to the table. We don't have guys that bring shit to the table. You need two, three guys that bring creating an offense to the table and then shooters. It's like the NBA. You look at the Lakers, Braun, AD, Schroeder, those guys bring like the playmaking. Everyone else, you just stand around and hit threes when you get the ball. So I don't know. It's disappointing. Um, this team's dead. I said it. I officially am out on this team. I officially, if they make a run, like fucking disclaimer, if they make a run and win the Big Ten tourney and make the tournament, obviously I'm hopping back on the bandwagon. You're a lunatic if you don't think I will. But as of right now, I don't see it happening. I don't know a way that that's possible. The team sucks, and I'm out. Hope everyone's wearing black. Hope you'll, hopefully you've shed a few tear, gave your con- tears, gave your condolences, because this team's over. It's a funeral tonight for Michigan State. They suck. Um, that's all. I, I don't. I can't talk about them anymore because I'm going to puke. Actually, you know, I can. Last thing. So the end of the game, we're down two. Iowa, we just followed them, and they scored. We're down two points. We need a quick bucket. Or no, we were down four. We were down four. They just called the timeout, like 11 seconds left. The play we came up with, Tom Izzo, the play we came up with out of the break is Rocket Watts holding it at the three-point line for four seconds, not passing, taking one dribble, and then just jacking it up like a contested three. That's the play. We don't even pass the ball once. That was the play. Like, what the fuck are we doing, man? It's just everything. It. I, I know I just spent 25 minutes bagging on the players. Don't think Tom Izzo's not alive. He's the one that keeps playing Hauser and Kithier together. But it gets to a certain, certain point. He could try every single lineup combination in the world, and at some point you just don't have the guys. The fact is you don't have the guys this year. We don't have the guys. Still, still, there are games we could Purdue this game. If he doesn't play the lineups like a fucking moron, we probably win a couple, but he's been – like it is a why I love you. I love you to death, but why are you playing Kithier and Hauser after they've showed you for 14 straight games that they're going to get abused defensively and you're playing the best big man in the in national in the in the nation. God, I can't talk. Like is that's on you at some point, man. I know Langford missed that contested too. I'm not really sure why he took it either. You're right to say that. I don't know why he took it, but he missed it. Why are we leaving Hauser and Kithier and like it doesn't make sense what he does sometimes, man. And he's had Cassius Winston and he's had Xavier Tillman where the past couple of years his job was made a lot easier. Tom Izzo probably didn't have to do a ton of coaching and scheming the last couple of years. He probably could just say, All right, Cassius, just you're gonna get the ball and then you just score. Like, I don't have a fucking play for you. What are you looking at me for? He can't do that anymore. So I don't know if he's rusty or doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't know. It sucks, though. Team stinks. Um, season's over. <sighs> I guess I'll periodically talk about them throughout the rest of the year. It sucks again, man. It's like the fuck. It's like the lion season. Here we are, not even like halfway through the season, and it's like, all right, well, um, the podcast I like to do, I like to talk about Detroit sports and Michigan State sports. Here we are halfway through the season again, and I'm just not interested in the state team because they're the worst. 
they're not even like a fun, feisty kind of bad team. They're just straight up bad and they stink and they're lazy and they're boring. It's like the Lions halfway through and I'm like, well, it's the same thing every single time I talk about them. So what's the fucking use anymore? All right. um, Quick break. Come back a little bit more positively and energetic, I guess, more just like kind of chatting. I do want to talk a little bit more about um, the Goff and Stafford trade, and then we'll call it a day. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll just do some random stuff. So quick break, and I'll be back with Goff Stafford. First things first. So obviously, this news came out. I already talked about it. If you missed the podcast I did on Monday, it's pretty much just 30 minutes of me breaking down and giving my take um, on the golf Stafford trade take as far as, you know, if I like the trade, which I do, I think Cat's got a great return. Um, I'm happy for Stafford. I'm happy for the Rams. I'm happy, I guess, for golf. I'm kind of excited for golf. I'm not sitting here like fucking rolling out the parade saying Lions 2022 Super Bowl or anything, but it is kind of cool that it's a fresh start. It is going to be weird. I said that too. It's going to be nuts that Matt Stafford's going to wear a jersey that's not the Lions. It's fucking I can't, I like, I actually can't believe it. It's one of those things that I won't be able to wrap my head around until the day comes. It's like graduating college where everyone's like, man, enjoy it. It's going to be over before you know it. And while you're in school, you're like, dude, four years, you know, four years is I'm going to be like dead in four years. What do you mean? Um, and the next thing you know, you're graduating and you're like, well, this sucks. Um, it feels like that. Just like, I know Stafford's not a lion. I understand it, but I'm still like, eh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he'll get traded back. We'll somehow figure something out and he's going to be in a Lions jersey because there's just no way. So that'll be weird. Um, but it is cool that it's a new era. I'm a Stafford guy. I'm a Stafford guy through and through. But, but I can't believe I'm going to say this. Don't tell anyone I said this. But, you know, he did go 12 years without winning a playoff game. Don't tell anyone I said that because he is elite. He is elite. Um, So maybe, well, not maybe, you know, it probably was the right decision to move on. Whether golf is the long-term guy or just here for a year or two, whatever, whatever the case is, it's, it's good. It's good for us that we're trying something new. Insanity is the definition or the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which, you know, obviously it never was Stafford's fault. Um, He is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I really, 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 really fucking hope he proves it with the Rams this year. But to some point, yeah, it's like, all right, well, we had him for 12 years. We tried a few different things. Didn't work out. He wants to go be somewhere that isn't a complete goddamn dumpster fire. He wants to go somewhere that he doesn't have to wait two or three years before the roster around him is competitive again. We're we're probably ready for a change of scenery. It didn't work out with staff. Let's give someone else a shot. Um, it is going to be a couple years till the roster around the quarterbacks competitive again. So it just made sense. I'm happy about it. Again, I kind of address golf too. Like, I don't think golf's terrible. Now, I don't think he's Matt Stafford. I know people on there are some people on Twitter trying to compare the two, saying, is golf maybe better? I don't know if they're doing that because they're just delusional Lions fans that are like, oh my God, the Lions got three draft picks and the better quarterback, or if they're Stafford haters. Either way, they're fucking morons. If you think, like, no offense, Jared, you're my boy. I I said this before too. I'd literally take a bullet for you right now. Like, you're at Jared, 
honestly, your kid's at the daycare. You can't make it. You're going to be a little late from practice. Dude, give me a ring. I'll go pick her up, pick him up. I don't know if he even has a kid. Um, you're going out of town for the weekend. You need someone to watch the house. I'm a phone call away, brother. I'd be happy to. Like you get sick, you you come down with something. I'll I'll have my mom whip whip up a batch of chicken noodle and I'll drive it over. Just let me know, dude. Like you're my guy now. I'd I'd literally do anything for you now, Jared. But if you think he's better than Matt Stafford when it comes to football talent, you're brain dead. Like you're 100% brain dead. You don't know anything about anything. You've never watched Matt Stafford play, and for that reason, I really do feel sorry for you. But that aside, I am kind of excited to see what golf's all about. He's said it. He's talked about it a bit. I don't know what the fuck happened with him and McVay. I, sw- I read an article on Twitter or like I read a headline that supposedly now, I don't know if this is true. It kind of seems like it's not true, but I don't really know. I didn't look into it more. Of course, I kind of am just running with the like initial headline I saw. I saw something that was like Jared Goff in a group text with I don't know who his friends, I guess, said like he would pipe Sean McVay's girlfriend. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but it was like, that's why McVay went away from golf. I have no idea. Um, If that is true, tough scene. I I can really now, I can really, really understand why he's not in LA anymore because that's got to be awkward. That has got to be awkward. And if it wasn't that, and it was just uh, McVay didn't think he was good enough, same shit then. Same deal. Like golf, I respect that. He wants to be somewhere that wants him to succeed. Like it's kind of like a thing where you don't know if McVeigh in the back of McVeigh's head or deep down McVeigh's like kind of hoping for golf's failure so he can move on to the next the next thing, if that makes sense. Where golf, he wants to be somewhere supportive. He wants to be somewhere that wants him to be good. And like I said, Detroit. They're probably looking at golf right now. They don't know if he's the guy of the future or the guy to lead us throughout this era or if he's the guy for the next year or two. But I'll tell you this, they would love for Jared Goff to answer that question for them. They would love for Jared Goff to come here and just fucking put up numbers and somehow bring this team from beyond the grave to the playoffs. They would love for Jared Goff to make their decision for him. I promise you that. So it's good, I think, for Jared's sake, too, that like he's in a place like that where, as Lions fans, the front office, everybody involved, we all want Jared Goff to come here and ball out. We all want Jared Goff to come here and make Matt Stafford look like a weenie, right? I mean, I, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I think that's – I don't want to put words in your mouth as uh, as fans with, with your own brains and uh, f- capable of forming your own thoughts – but you should want that. Like you should want Jared Goff to become fucking God in Detroit. Why not? Because guess what? If he's doing that, we're probably going to have some good teams. We're probably going to have a couple good seasons. We might even fuck around and win a Super Bowl. That's what I want to happen. So it really does seem, which is crazy, like a perfect, perfect harmony for literally every single aspect of the trade, which is, I don't know how often that happens in sports, um, but pretty cool that it is like there's, there shouldn't be, I don't think people from the Rams would be better. Like you got a stud people in Detroit sh- certainly shouldn't be better. Got a bunch of picks and golf. Like it seems golf shouldn't be better. He's going to go get a fresh start somewhere. Stafford shouldn't be better. Like it really is like the perfect trade. Um, the only thing, and this is the only thing I want to address. So obviously I'm from the suburbs of Detroit. If you don't know, I'm obsessed with Detroit. I fucking love spending time there. It sucks. 
because of COVID, there's nothing going on. Everything's closed. People aren't out and about. There's nothing to do. There's like no reason to be down there, which sucks because like my favorite weekends or whatever, my favorite thing to do, go downtown. Like it's the most fun place ever. Um, People were idiots that I'm sure haven't been either have never been to Detroit or haven't been here in like 10 years. Fucking morons, uneducated, ignorant morons on Twitter saying poor Jared Goff's got to go live in Detroit. Okay. Sure. LA is probably a cooler place to live than Detroit. Um, and I don't just say that because it's LA. I specifically say that because of the mountains, because I would love to be able to like go drive, leave my house, drive 20 minutes, go to the beach and live in the mountains. Um, so yes, I will give you that LA is cooler for that reason. And it does, it's just warm there. That's like the only other good part about LA. It just doesn't get cold. People fucking on Twitter talking about Detroit. Like it's Yemen. These people don't know what they're talking about. Detroit in the summertime thing is pound for pound. This baby can go to work. Detroit can do some damage pound for pound in the warmth. I'll give you that. It does suck that from about November to like March, it's just like, this sucks. I will give you that. But guess what? I guess not really November, but yeah, fine. I'll give you that. But I'll tell you what, from May to October, this place is fucking awesome to be in. Detroit, the surrounding areas, the college towns, Ann Arbor, East Lansing. Also, people are like, oh man, the beach is in the ocean. Do people not realize that the Great Lakes are just the ocean? Do people not understand that? Everyone's like, why would he, like, he probably lived on the beach. Do you realize what the Great Lakes are, right? You, you do people understand that? Like, it's funny too. Cause I, so I went to California for the first time, like two summers ago and I was staying with my cousin, which makes it even more mind boggling that he even fucking has me this, my cousin from Michigan, he was going to school there. And, uh, we went to Santa Monica one day <clears throat> and we we're hanging out on the boardwalk and we're just looking around and he asked me, he's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, what do you mean about what? And he's like the ocean, pretty crazy. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess <laughs> like this is like, yeah, it's just water. I don't know what you mean. And he's like, usually like people, when they come here, like they've, they kind of freak out. Cause like, you've never seen a body of water where you just can't see it across. And I'm like, this is just Lake Michigan, except you can't swim in it. Cause it's way colder and there's salt. I mean, you can swim in it, but I don't want to because it's way colder and there's salt. And he's like, but it's the ocean. I'm like, dude, I've been, I've been to an ocean, Lake Michigan may as well just be an ocean a fucking million times. This isn't cool. Like people say, Oh, you lived on the beach, dude. Lake, sure. It's a little bit of a drive. You're Jared Goff. You probably can get there faster than driving a car across the entire state. Like he's probably going to spend some time on the West side of Michigan. There's a reason all the fucking towns along the West side of the state people shit money there because it's one of the most slept on parts of the country. It's just so, it bothers me. Of course it shouldn't. Of course it shouldn't, but everyone's slandering Detroit. And I'm like, you fucking don't know what you're talking about. It's crazy to me. Not to like, not even just Detroit, the city itself, the city itself is so different than it was 10 years ago. When I was in middle school and shit and probably even high school, I was never a big Detroit guy. I was like, eh, it's not great there. Ever since college, I'm like, this place is 
unbelievable. Every time I go there, it feels like there's new buildings. Again, pre-COVID, during the warmth and stuff, you go down there on a Saturday, the people are people everywhere. You can like feel a buzz in the air. It's unreal. Oh man, it was just pissed me off. People were like, oh, yes, to live in Detroit, dude. Detroit is sick. If you, the cold sucks. That's like the only thing I'll be like, yeah, fine. The cold sucks. Like beaches and shit. Do you also not realize Michigan has a trillion inland lakes? Like, did you see where Matt Stafford lived? And do also do people not realize that inland lakes dominate large bodies of water? Like, give me an inland lake over Lake Michigan or an ocean literally every single day, all day. I don't see people fucking riding jet skis and pontoons getting sent on the ocean. You know where I see that? I, you go to Long Lake, you go to Cass Lake, Pontoon City, females, beers, the sun's out, you're jet skiing, you can just float along. I don't see that shit in the fucking Pacific Ocean. It, like, these people are so uneducated and they're just ripping Detroit because it's an easy target and other fucking morons are like, oh, yeah, Detroit. Idiots. Drove me crazy. Jared, come here with an open mind. You're going to love the place. Highly recommend. You like spending your summer somewhere? Get a beach house on the west, west side of the state, Grand Haven, Saugatuck, maybe a little further north, Traverse City, Petoskey. You're absolutely going to love it. It's beautiful here. Charlevoix even. It's beautiful here. You're absolutely, you're gonna, your girlfriend's going to love it. Your family's going to love visiting. It's going to be great. Um, and just live downtown Detroit. Like as soon as it gets above 50 degrees, you're also going to just love your life. Detroit's sick. As soon as bars and stuff open, you're going to love it down there. It's very young. Like, dude, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Anyways, um, there is a kind of, there is a, also I've been seeing some things and another potential twist to this equation that I guess, so I talked about it last time, like the Lions wanted Goff. It wasn't like the Rams said, Hey, you have to take him," or they were like, all right, fine. We'll throw him in. It was like the Lions said, we need Goff back too. Um, I've seen some stuff where it's like, I guess other teams we're interested in golf as well. Like golf, people want golf, which now it's like, could the cat, like could Detroit now flip golf for say like a second? That would be, that would be masterful because I said too downside of golf, the massive contract upside, pretty young quarterback. What is he? 26 or so who has a bunch of experience. He's played in the super bowl. He's played around some smart people like McVay. He's not bad. Like, he's not elite, but he's not bad. He's okay. He can play QB. He's competent. Not like, are there teams like the Bears? Are there teams like, I don't know, the Colts, the Niners, where they look at Jared Goff and they're like, eh. Like, we might be able to figure something out with him. You swing us a second and the Lions move Goff there. Very interesting, very interesting um, possibility that I would – Dude, imagine the fucking the Lions got three picks in golf and then they just flip golf for another pick. Dude, that would be masterful work by the front office. But I assume since I said, you know, we like wanted him specifically, probably won't happen. But very interesting. Very something very interesting to think about that I would love if the Lions pulled off. Um, I know I was supposed to do this too with Blake, but Plans fell through, whatever is what it is. Just me. That's the way we like it though, baby. Um, so this is all I got today. That's all I got. Lions, just depression. I mean, state depression, also lions depression because they're the fucking lions. And then a little bit more on Stafford Goff. Um, 
like I said, this one's Wednesday. Tomorrow and Friday will just be kind of random stuff, and then we'll run it all back. We'll run it all back. Sports are kind of slowing down now. Like, I don't know. I might start just doing one day a week, like a Detroit sports roundup, and then the other four days kind of just shooting the shit because Lions, the Stafford news, Dunzo, there's the, the staff has been hired. There's really not going to be any Lions news for the next few months. State football is pretty much done for the next few months. Um, Pistons, worst team in the NBA, who cares? Michigan State, who cares? Red Wings, who cares? We're getting some guys back from COVID, but, you know, who cares? Tigers don't start for another month or two, so also, again, who cares? (laughs) It's fucking pathetic, but there's, like, nothing really to talk about sports-wise, so – after this week, I might just go like when, let's say maybe Wednesday. Wednesday's like the Detroit sports day, obviously, unless something big happens or, you know, I can't ignore it. Um, then I might just, I might start going one day sports and the other days this or that. So we'll see. Anyways, appreciate everyone listening per usual on Twitter at next second string, Instagram at the period second period string, the second string Detroit. Um, at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or whatever you got something for me to talk about just let me know appreciate everyone listening i'll see you guys tomorrow